What is going on, you guys? Welcome to the Strong Life Podcast. We have the uh, just super amazing coach, Kenny. We haven't had you on for a little while. We were getting grumpy. That was the feedback. We just started to sound like grumpy, old, just- Uh, Which which is funny because you told me (laughs) we weren't on brand. I'm pretty sure grumpy old man is exactly (laughs) my brand. Actually, that's a good point. So if you're listening and watching, just remember, Coach Kenny, his brand is Grumpy Old Man. And then my brand is not. And so the reason we have good conversation is because I think personally, the way you see the world is we have similar uh, views, but we communicate them a little bit differently. That may be a male, female thing. I'm not sure personality, but I love it because you might hit somebody that, that I don't necessarily. So you just have to be ready to hear. You just have to be ready to hear it, you know? Yeah. I think that's a good point. You know, with, with my experience, I mean, hell your experience, we're, we're both very experienced. It's just at some point, I believe that you know, we see the train wreck coming and for most things in life. Right. And we try to give advice, but many times it's just not adhered to or listened to however you want to look at it. And the train wreck happens anyway. And that can be frustrating because, you know, we see, I, I, I know you, you're a very positive person. I also try to be very positive all the time. And ultimately we see the good in everybody. We know that everyone can be successful. It's just a matter of how do we get them there, you know? And that can be a frustrating process for everybody sometimes. Yeah, and don't you think too, I know this is for me, sometimes, and this isn't always the case. I don't think you could blanket statement this, but sometimes when you hear something that hits you in that like, ugh, kind of that gut punch, it is because it's true. And it is something you need to take a look at. Now I've realized like some people I've pushed a little too hard. I've taken some liberties. Um, it didn't land right. You know, the person wasn't ready to hear it or it was like totally inappropriate timing. But, but I think at the end of the day, the intentions are there to help people. Um, first of all, who are doing what they need to do. These conversations are very affirming to them. Like, they're like, thank God that's not me anymore. And then if people need a little kick in the arse, this is a good way to get them to kind of move the needle a little bit. So I don't know. I, you know, there was like the truth hurts. I don't think it has to hurt. I think it could also feel like a big bear hug. (laughs) Well, I, I do think, you know, also, I think it's really important to remember that when I'm communicating what many perceive as, you know, negative feedback, I think a lot of times um, I, I always try to keep in mind that I'm allowed to communicate the truth and, and give people feedback that will move them forward, but it doesn't entitle me to be an asshole, right? Yeah. Like just because I can say it any way I want, doesn't mean I should. And that's how I try to start like every piece of feedback that I give, like, Hey, how can I best say this? So they'll be ready to receive it, you know, and I always want to do that the right way. Sometimes you just shoot and miss though. You know, it's hard. This is the thing when you're helping thousands of people, literally, 
I don't care how good you are at reading the room, getting to know people, developing relationships. Every once in a while, you're going to shoot and miss on giving advice. It's just going to happen. Yeah, man. Uh, I remember I had a woman at, she started with me at 243 pounds. She got down to under 200 went back up to 243 and I looked at her chart one day and she kind of, she kept kind of coming in for, and, and this was a year and it was kind of like the same thing. Um, so the, the check-ins would be like, I'm all of these horrible things are going on in my life. And when people do that, I think personally, it's a way of them kind of putting up a wall because what are you going to say when somebody's like, my whole life is falling apart? You, you don't, you, you have to be sensitive, right? Yeah. I think like, do what you can do what you can. So I, I think somewhere, so it was a year, I looked at her chart and we were exactly in the same place as we started. And so I kind of said something like, what are we doing here? Like, what is the plan? What are we doing? I had reached a point of like, I was, it was like, I'd reached my, my breaking point. Like there wasn't any more, there was no other angle. And I think, um, I never heard from her again. She went off. She said, I need to go get help somewhere else. And she did. She probably did. There was, you know, when you get to 245, that's a real problem. And when you keep going back up there, that's a real problem. And that, that may be no longer is a 1299 app with a free uh, you know, weekly check-in through an eight-week challenge might not be enough for you. So on the one hand, it's like, I feel like I pushed her away. On the other hand, it's, well, I just, I look back at that and with like regret, I even sent her a video message and was like, I'm sorry, I did not mean to push you, but she's like, I think I might've needed that. I'm not really sure. So that was it. Never heard from her again. That was two years ago. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, that's so, a tough situation, but what are you supposed to do, right? Like, ultimately, at some point, well, there's there's two things. You know, I, I we were actually talking about this last night on my team Zoom, um, this exact same topic. You know, I think as the client, you got to be careful about what you're saying your excuses are, your reasons why you can't execute, because you're right, like, what am I supposed to say? Like, you know, you talked about this on one of our previous podcasts, like, okay, you just lost your cat. Your cat died. That is sad. I get it. You've had that cat since you were a little girl. She's 17, 18 years old. The cat passed. It's super sad. Oh, by the way, you know, you're struggling financially. You're having a hard time in this other area of your life. Like at some point, if you bring all these things up and we systematically talk about how we can try to still continue to stay on track and you keep throwing up the red flags. I mean, at some point I have to ask, like, if you're not willing to make some adjustments and try to work through this, like, why are we still checking in every week? Like, yeah, I'm not, I, I, I can't help you if you're not willing to make some changes or willing to work through this together, you know? And I mean, sometimes I'll just say, Hey, look, like, okay, you're going through all these things. Tell me where we can meet in the middle. Yeah. Like, tell me, what are you willing to commit to, you know? And it's, it can be tough. Yeah, that's probably a good way of 
like what what can you do um you know i don't remember that was probably the only time i remember feeling like i was done normally i don't it's, it has i don't even get there like i'm like i have kind of have endless opportunities like i think when i feel like the health is at such risk there's a sense of urgency that I have for my clients. Like this is an emergency at five, two at two forty five or two forty three. Like we, this is an emergency. And with every year you age every year, you're, you know, you're coming up to the end here and we're at many, many risks. And I think still at my age and your age, people are still taking it for granted that there's, like that they have time and they don't. So that, that with her, I remember feeling this sense of panic, like you got to do something. Like you can't just hang out here, not on my care, like not under my watch, you know, and I, I don't normally get there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I do. So, I mean, of course, like you, I've, I've been there before where it just seems futile futile to just keep trying to to try to try to work through this together you're not changing I'm not helping like at some point yeah like, and that's why I do like when I get there and I know it like when I'm self-aware and I feel like I'm at that point where I'm no longer being helpful and I might be frustrating that's why I say because you know we we obviously have a certain way we want to coach people and we want to give them guidance and help them kind of make progress based on what we're seeing so that's holding my standards or holding them to my standards. Like, this is what I think you need to do to progress. So when I ask them, I'm like, okay, listen, what are you willing to commit to? So that way I can change my coaching to be more helpful to them. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, okay, you're willing to commit to X, Y, and Z. Awesome. Now I know what to hold you to the standard on, right? Like you have now established a new standard for you. Like I will hold you to those standards. Now, if you're not meeting those again, we're not, we're not going to get anywhere if you're not willing to at least commit to your own standards. Yeah, that's true. Like, okay. So now you make the rules and th that is actually your indicator. And uh, like, that is an indicator. If somebody is, was just kind of trying to get out of mm -hmm. moving forward okay, so this is no longer my protocol. You make the protocol. And then it's like, I mean, <laughs> that's a different story. Now it's like, ah, you know, we're, we're exposed. Well, yeah. And I'm always very, very quick to tell them. I'm like, Hey, listen, I can hold you to that standard. And, you know, like I can appreciate that's where you're willing to meet me right now, but understand these are not necessarily the things that are going to move you forward. We might start, you know, we might get to a place where we can move forward, but just because you're willing to commit to this doesn't mean that it's what you need to be doing to move forward. It's just what we're going to do for now to get you executing the plan again. A little confidence. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've seen some people, I do have a caveat. Sometimes when I throw out a weight number, like 5'2", mm -hmm. 243, and I have somebody listening who's 5'2", 243, mm -hmm. that isn't. Uh, like, I don't think the goal here isn't for anyone to feel like judged or called out, sure. but 
if even if that can spark anything in you, if that is you in that situation to make some changes, I think that's a good thing. This isn't meant to be, uh, yeah, to be ju judgmental. The numbers are tricky. Whenever I say those, I usually get some like, you know, well, and, and don't come also for me. Of... Don't come for me. Like I'm a, I'm a nutrition and fitness coach. Like my whole objective is to try to get everybody in the world healthier. So but I know well, I do trigger. I don't mean to. Well, I think it's also fair to say this, though. You know, you can be 5'2", 243, and have been on your journey for a good amount of time and be way healthier than you were a year ago. Facts. You know, like, that is true. Like, yes. it, it's possible. Both things yeah. can be possible. Yeah. You're not where yeah. you need to be. But goddamn, man, yeah, you have you made some be, amazing yeah. progress yeah. and you're getting way healthier. I think Amen. that's true. Amen. Yeah. 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 We've talked about that too on the podcast, even, but, uh, I, you know, I had uh, Dr. Heidi Wells and who does coaching for me in this, in my group sometimes. And we talked about being healthy, metabolically healthy, <laughs> healthier. So, you know, we'd rather have you lifting weights and getting your steps in and doing everything you can along your journey. Because I think I did a pie chart the other day just for myself, like, okay, this is 24 hours and we're, this is going to be a good segue to our topic. But so this is 24 hours. Here's a little slice of the pie where I work out. And these are all the rest of the hours where I can fuck everything up. <laughs> like, like I have this little pot slice. Okay. I, I'm nailing that, but whoa, there's like. 23 more hours and probably 17 more decisions yeah where you know we we can we can have some problems and one of them is uh travel or let's just say conceptually feeling like your circumstances are out of your control so the biggest question i have um, when somebody says to me, I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, things have been really stressful in my life. Um, so, you know, I've been traveling a lot for work. I was, you know, my son's baseball on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. So I've had a hard time staying on track. So my question is what does any of that have to do with what you consume? Like, let's make the connection between a stressful life and me eating food. Like how do these two things kind of, what do they have to do with each other? Does that make sense? Like, cause for me, like, and people who, as they progress, stressful life has no longer any much to do with what they consume because they've kind of locked in this lifestyle and this plan through practice, right? Like it doesn't just happen. You practice being healthier. You practice planning while you travel. You practice, you know, uh, how you travel with food. And then eventually there's, you couldn't, you couldn't tell me, like you couldn't even, I can't even imagine what I could go through that would impact more than I am right now, right now. That could impact my food choices. Parents are the best for this, right? I love my parents. parents. Oh, your parents. Okay. No, no, no. My parents are horrible. Um, they are not at all. They are not at all those people. 
By the way, my dogs are fighting over here. I'm sorry. Yeah, hey. it's right. I've seen the little tails flying around. Knock it off. I'm so sorry. But it's real life, man. It we love them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but parents, you know, those people that go to cheer practice with their kids, they go to baseball practice, you know, Friday night lights, Saturday night lights, my son, my daughter. And, you know, you're just like, they're obviously very proud, right? And I promise you that those parents are giving their kids all this advice about, well, you got to work hard. You got to stay disciplined. You got to do what the coach is telling you. You got to right. eat, right? Like all you these things. You can't just quit. They, you can't just quit. Yeah. Right? But they're the first ones, right? They'll send the message like, I'm so busy. I'm at the baseball field all day. What am I supposed to oh, that's do? That's a good point. You know, it's like, well, I don't know. Like, what do you expect your kid to do? Like, you're giving them great advice. Like, what's the advice you would give to yourself? You know, and almost always they know the answer. They're just not willing. And I think when it comes down to travel, and we can really sum this up a lot of ways, right? Travel to me is, is this, this thing that most of us will do at some point in our journey, almost every one of us. But I also look at it as like, you know, Sandy and I, we like to go to Bengals games. We like to go to the casino. And these are like all day events out of the house, treated much like travel, right? It really comes down to, in my opinion, travel, these long days away from home. It all comes down to willingness, your desire to want to make the right decisions versus taking the easy way out. Because we all know that you can, you're going to eat, right? So all these people who are like, well, I just can't eat right. Well, you're eating. So it, it you are still. You, you know, made a choice. You made some choice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it really comes down to preparation and execution and your desire to want to do that. I, I really do believe that hundred percent. Okay. This morning I was thinking about this conversation and I was thinking how two people could be under the same stress and one decides to um, like, I always say this with Mitch and me when we were traveling, like because we were traveling, he struggled with tracking food and staying consistent. And because we were traveling, I was on point with my food and staying consistent. Like it was just like, and for yeah. me, it's a priority. And for him, it's not a priority. And that isn't even a doubt. That's not even a bad thing, but it's just when you look at two people with the same circumstances, one has this priority, one does not. And we, we were the perfect like case study because it, it's so interesting how the more chaotic my life gets, the more on point I become to be able to feel good and healthy and strong for the things that are crazy. It's like, because of those things, I keep it together. For some people, because of those things, they fall apart. And I see it making everything kind of worse. Like it often has the reverse effect that you think it's going to have. Yeah, I, I embrace, I personally embrace the discipline that's required to execute in hard circumstances. Like it's one of the things that I'm most proud of, you know, um, when, when I'm on track and I want everything to be right, that is the priority, that is the focus. And I do whatever it takes to maintain that. Just like you talked about when traveling, like, you know, and, and I would say for Sandy and I, um, 
we're actually a lot the same, you know, when, when we're traveling and we're really trying to execute the plan perfectly or the way we want to execute it, we will do whatever it takes to hit those numbers, to mm. be where we want to be. Um, and it takes a lot of effort, a lot of preparation. Um, it's not easy, but when it's the priority, we talk about, you know, prioritizing our time and aligning our time against the things that matter. Like if you truly want to move forward in your life, um, in regards to fitness, nutrition, you want to change your body composition, and that's a priority, you can't just say it, right? You've got to make it the priority, which means that you have to align some time in your life to preparing for that event and executing that event. And I think that's something that I'm willing to do because I know the importance of it. And I think maybe that is one of the things that people struggle with, Kendra, is understanding the importance of that nutrition for those amount of days that you're going to be traveling or away from home, like understanding the impact that can have. And for most people, the truth is that if you're going to travel for three days and you're just going to kind of fly by the seat of your pants, try to find ways to hit macros along the way, that is probably way better than what you would have done a year ago. So you're sure. probably making progress in that aspect. However, you know, the people that you see that you probably look at and you're like, how does that person get there? Like, why is that person different than me? We seem to be doing all the same things. Well, these are the things in the margins, I think, that make the difference in the journey, you know? So you can be mildly successful executing your normal life every day. And if you're traveling every once in a while, flying by the seat of your pants, maybe not being accurate, there's probably room for you to improve and make progress in your life. But if you want to take control and squeeze every ounce of progress out of this journey, you've got to control those margins. You know, these days that we're talking about now, these, you know, a couple of days here, a couple of days there, like that is the difference in amazing results and just making some progress. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. Do you, do you think when you have a, is it different for you in terms of how you prepare and track when you have a, a fat loss goal versus just maintaining? Do you have, do you travel with a different level of intensity and intention? Thousand percent. Okay. So can you talk a little percent. bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, if, so I believe there's there's a lot of different coaching techniques out there. And we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition and macros right now, because I think it's important for me to delineate like how I see it. You know, there's a lot of people out there who will teach you that, hey, look, focus on protein and calories, right? If you can hit protein and calories, we're going to be fine. We're going to make progress. Don't worry about it. I, I do agree to that to some extent, but I also believe based on you know, what I've read, what I've experienced, anecdotal evidence, studies, I believe that if you have a very specific goal, we can very specifically use macros to help reach that goal, right? Like there's a reason why our body needs carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why our body needs fats. So I believe that there's a difference between quality carbohydrates and, and low quality carbohydrates. I believe there's a difference in low quality protein, high quality protein. So I do think that there are some things in the margins there that you can control for better success. So for me personally, 
if I'm focused on something like maintenance, if that's where I'm at in my life, I don't really have a goal to get better or to progress. I can very easily fall into that protein and calories mode, right? Where I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. I'm really experienced with macros. So I know that as long as I focus on protein um, at each meal, I can kind of adjust the carbs and fats as I go and then finish it off at the end of the day with some smarter choices. But I also know in my mind, I know for a fact that if I focus on protein and calories and I just hit those numbers, chances are it's with low quality foods and I'm not making progress. At best, I'm staying the same. At best, I am maintenance. Even though I'm hitting my numbers, I shouldn't expect to see progress. That's just how I do it. That's how I talk about it with my clients. Like, you know, protein and calories are awesome, but that's not where I want you at when you're thinking about progress. So when I'm traveling, I'm, and I have the mindset of actually making progress, I'm very specific on how I plan that day. I'm thinking about quality protein choices. I'm thinking about the types of carbohydrates that I'm getting in. I'm not just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. I'm very specific with how I'm going to attack that day and what I expect to get out of it. Because again, my mindset is progress, not maintenance. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think like, I think that's important. Um, you know, I hear it time and time and time again, I, I have a similar philosophy um, when it comes to your macronutrients. Now, I think protein and calories would be pretty well evidence-based, like a caloric deficit is all you need for, you know, fat loss and protein is what you need to mm -hmm. like change the physique, maintain lean mass. But I have seen just like you, the problem with the volatility in macros isn't necessarily even from a progress perspective, like in theory, except I see it as a problem. Like, like, I don't think there's, there's a ton of evidence that hitting all four macros is the only way to reach your goals. But from a behavior perspective, if you can get somebody to just kind of get into a cadence with food and choices where they're not all over the place every day, um, and to your point, we need carbohydrates for energy. We need carbohydrates for muscle protein synthesis, which is just the body of the process of, you know, producing uh, lean muscle. So like, if it's, I don't, my most successful people aren't all over the place with macros. Right. It's a, it's a mindset too. It's like a, it's like a, 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 there's, there's planning, there's intention. And I think the whole picture, all of it together is what creates this, the success. Um, and then yes, many of them during a maintenance phase, which may be a year or two, they have some more flexibility, but I think when you're talking about fat loss and performance and progress, it is best to just, to just stay on point, you know? Yeah. And I, I tell you, Kendra, like, so from a coaching perspective, I, I know a lot of coaches who they, they will bring a client on board and they will teach protein and calories first, because on the face of things that seems easier for the client to understand. Yeah. 
However, I, I don't do that. Right. So I actually, you know, when I bring someone on board, I, I want them to learn how to adjust and hit all macronutrients. Right. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. kind of like you talked about, like it might be a while, but there might become a point where someone has made quite a bit of progress. And now they're talking about, well, Kenny, you know, I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm going to be out of town for four days. You know, this is the first time I'm going to do this. And then we'll have that discussion for the first time. Like, Hey, well, here's something else we can think about. Like you've done an amazing job. You clearly not hit your macronutrients. You know, this trip means a lot to you. You've been planning it for a long time. I know you're going to want some more flexibility. Here's a technique we can use you know, to get you through that four days. So you don't have to be as strict as you've been or as rigid as you've been over the past, you know, nine months, 10 months. So I will then introduce them to protein and calories, but I don't normally do that right off the bat. Right. Yeah. It's almost like you you meet the standard and then learn how to have flexibility as opposed to now you've been doing it this way for 10 months and it's time to dial it in. Uh, right. you know, like I, I, I totally, I totally see that, that, and that's just, that isn't, that's just experience. And, right. um, I want to address this too, because in everything we're doing down here, in my graduate program, we it's, it's evidence-based. So the point is I, I end with a graduate degree and I am an, an I'm an evidence-based coach. And what I love about evidence-based research is that there is, if you look at three circles, the coach or clinician and the patient goals are part of evidence-based. So it's not just, it's like protein and calories are hard science, right? That is like, those are two things we can't deny. We need a caloric deficit for fat loss and we need protein to maintain lean muscle. This isn't like disputable, but when you get an experienced coach and then a client goal, and you have now all of those components, you do as a coach get to say, this is part of the evidence. Like, cause now I'm taking into account my beha- the behaviors I see, what my most successful people do. So I tend to think a coach who has less experience may just focus on protein calories, protein calories, because that's the evidence. But right. over thousands of people, you start to see, I know that's true but also these other things are true like your goal to get to change your physique and my experience as a coach says these are the things we need to do and you got to be on point early as early as possible you know and it's not that hard by the way I always say if you can hit two you can hit four like if you can hit protein and calories I mean shit carbohydrates and fats are a few little serving tweaks here and there like it's not that big a deal you know like it's not hard. Well, I mean, it's not harder. I guess it's not uh, harder. Well, and that's the thing, Kendra, like it's not that hard. And oh, by the way, you know, I don't know about you, but I have several clients. I mean, I have a lot of clients who, you know, we make it even a little bit more specific, right? Like I, we can program some nutrient timing in there you know, some specific times they get certain types of carbohydrates, like this can get really complicated if yeah. we wanted to. Right. Um, so it's not that difficult. And I think, 
<clears throat> the reason why most people fail when it comes to macronutrients, it's because they don't give it enough time. They're not yeah. sold on the progress. A thousand you know, percent. Yeah. It's it's kind of like math, you know, in school. You know, how many people are like math is just hard and they never put their head down and actually try to learn it. So they fail before they even start. The same thing with macros. You know, it's like people will come to me and like, Kenny, this is so hard. You know, I've never had any success. And I'm like, well, you know, this is what we have to do. And like, I don't know about you, but the first step is like, hey, how about we just use that device you're carrying around everywhere to track all the things that you're already eating, you know? And by doing that, this isn't a macros class by any chance, but, but by doing that, you're going to start paying attention to, or you should, if you really care, and this is a priority for you, like you say it is, you're going to start to notice that like, holy shit, like I really don't eat much protein. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, you're right. Like you don't. Right. So, and again, we start making these adjustments and that's how you learn, but Christ, man, you've got to come into it with an open mind and preparedness and willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go in with both feet. I always say like, um, you know, there's really no other way, but all in, yeah. I think like, and then it's just nothing. It's no big deal. It's a non-event like hitting your macros is it's like, I get up, I brush my teeth. I track my food. I hit my macros. Oh, yada, yada. I got, I got on with the day. I think we overcomplicate it. We make it very difficult for ourselves. Um, and it doesn't have to be, but it, it it is like, there's no doubt learning is difficult. Like, but I think if you just tell yourself, this is a little trick I learned. I just tell myself with everything that is hard, like this is not rocket science. Many people have done this before me. Yes. Like this is, I, I can do this. Even if I don't feel like it, I'd say I can do this. Like I, I will figure this out. Just, I just need some reps, you know? Kendra. I have been running my entire life. Like, and, and I, this will make sense in a second, but like, I go all the way back to when I first started running, when I joined the army, I was, I sucked at it, but I got really good at it really fast. But those initial, and this is where I think a lot of doubt creeps in for people mm. is those, that initial, like getting beat down all the time because I sucked at running, like still plays a role in my life. Like I can remember like 25 years later, like I have run a billion times, but still showing up and like that little fear of the unknown, like, man, is today the day I'm not going to make it again? Like, you know, even though I've done it a thousand times successfully, mm -hmm. like I get that little, that little hint of doubt. And just to your point, like I have to like talk myself off the ledge, like, okay, you've done this a thousand times, guy, you're going to be just fine. You're going right? to be fine. Yeah. Take the first step, you know, yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, it sure. can't be that hard. Just if uh -huh. you're listening, just say like Kendra can do it. it. It can't be that hard. Like I remember being confused about macros myself. I remember it was like 12 years ago or something. And I saw one of my friends, maybe it wasn't that long ago, but it, it was a long, long, long time ago. And uh, she's like, yeah, she was looked great. She's like, yeah, I'm tracking macros. And I was like, well, it's not, you know, and if she, she didn't, if she had just said like macronutrients, you know, protein, carbohydrates, fats, and, but I couldn't, I just couldn't get it. Like I, I, but I didn't try. And then I came back to it many years later and was like, duh, this is, you know, if you were tracking in my fitness pal, 
even if you were tracking calories and the premium version, it was adding up your macronutrients. Like I just, I didn't understand, you know, like I get what it's like to be like, huh? You know, <laughs> you're about to trigger me. I'm just going to stop. I'm not listening to you right now. You start talking about my fitness pal. I get a little triggered. I know. Same. Like, I hate it when people are like, I'm in my fitness pal. I'm like, it's dog shit. <laughs> like I used to be in it too. I used to think it was great, but now I can't make sense of it. I I remember this and look, I don't, I want to stay on brand. You can stay on brand. I don't want people to think. No. Coach Kenny, grumpy old man, Kendra. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't loot it. me up with this guy. Yeah. So I remember this one. So first of all, I have to be totally honest. I've never told I, this story in public ever. Oh, this is public. So, but I can I, remember the I first say, time. I would say this is public. Yeah. So it's on the record. Um, I remember back when I was competing, I only did meal plans. This was like early in my competition days. Like we're talking almost nine, 10 years ago now. And someone mentioned the macros to me and I was just like, fuck it, get out of here with that witchcraft. Like, no way, bro. doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that is not the deal. I still remember the conversation to this day. Like, and I think one of the reasons why I didn't buy into it is because even though these folks were like using macros, none of them looked like they were ever making progress, you know? So like they were eating tacos and stuff and like drinking beer. And I'm like, ah, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like you're telling me how great this is, but like, I see you every you're day. Like, like, nothing's not changing. adding up. Yeah. It's not adding yeah. up. However, I'm jacked, bro. Like what's your argument, right? Like I'm crushing, <laughs> I'm crushing, like I'm doing a typical bodybuilding thing, right? Like typical bro, chicken breast, oh, brown yeah. rice, broccoli, egg whites, asparagus, you know, like the whole thing. And so like, I totally poo-pooed macros for a while. Um, And then I hired a coach one time who was macro-based and um, he sent me, and I knew what I was getting into. I knew it was going to be macros. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot, you know? And so he sent me my plan and like, this is not like me and you do things like where we like take people under our wing and help them and develop them and coach them. Dude's like, here's your numbers. Good luck. You know, like, I'm like, okay. And you know what? It was the best thing that could have happened to me. Like, because it forced me to learn it. Um, you know, I didn't. And one of the downfalls, I think, Kendra, for people and I just want to say this isn't really travel related, but it's macro related. Like in Team Claiborne, I don't I don't allow people to do recipes. It sounds crazy, right? Like they can post what they're eating and stuff and talk about recipes, but I don't have like a recipe page or like a Team Claiborne like recipe a macro friendly book because what I notice about people is that they don't actually learn macros when they mm. do that. Right. So what they'll do is, is they'll like, they'll start picking and choosing all these recipes and try to fit them together to hit their numbers. And like, it causes frustration. So instead Mm -hmm. of actually just figuring out how to make the foods you like fit into your plan, Mm -hmm. they go through all this painstaking effort of searching Pinterest and like Facebook groups. And like, they're looking for these magical meals 
that they can tailor right to their numbers. And I'm like, well, you know, we can do that if you want, or we can actually learn how to manipulate these macros with the foods that you like and try to figure out how to make it work for you. So we don't have to change the world, but that's a good point. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. That's a good point. Actually. Uh, we do have a recipe thing cause we're women and I'm, I, I don't run I it. it. I don't run it. Cause like, if it's more than like one thing, I'm like, I'm already overwhelmed. Like a salt and pepper with some protein vegetables. I like to go out, like, give me the complex recipe when I go out, but like, I don't need a recipe. It's just eggs, oatmeal, and fruit. It's just super simple for me. That's how I keep it well, simple. Kendra, Kendra what? I, I mean, this is part of the penny. Man, we are I know. getting away from travel here. I know, but that's all right. Well, that's all right. We'll get back into it. So- you're a busy mom. You got three kids. You're telling me you don't have any time. You can hardly make it to the gym. You're working out at 10 o'clock at night after you put the kids down. Your husband doesn't help much. It's not his jam. You've asked for help, but he's non-supportive. You're doing your own thing. Like how many people do you know in that scenario? A lot probably, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, Martha Stewart. So if that's the case, why are we spending four hours in the kitchen with all these complicated recipes? Like you are making this harder on yourself than it needs to be. Like, like what you just said, if my, if my, the foods that I eat, if it takes me more than about 30 seconds to think of how I'm going to put it together, <laughs> I've already moved on. Like I'm not eating that. Yeah. Like if you send me a recipe, Kenny, look at this great recipe I found. What do you think about it? I think it's a waste of your time. I, I mean, personally, I'm not going to say that. I'll say it looks delicious. But like, if you've got time and you want to spend that amount of time in the kitchen, I'm all for it. Go for it. I, I don't care. I don't mind. If you're a foodie and that's your jam, I totally get it. But for me, I'm about the numbers, baby. Like, how can I hit the numbers and save myself? Easily, the most time? easily. Yeah, easily. right. That's that's how yeah. I that's how right. I run my life. And kind of, like, kind I mean, of, like it you can kind of put food into fuel for the most part, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, food for fuel, but without totally losing, like, I love my meals. I mean, I love my food. I look forward to my food. Um, and that goes for travel too. Like, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, keeping it super simple, simple protein, simple carbohydrate, simple, you know, vegetable, some fat, like keep it. There's no secret list of foods. And by the way, there's only so many sources. Okay. Like there's like, we got fish, chicken, ground beef, steak, like shrimp, you know, there's not these, there's no like secret list that if you want to lose body fat, you, you hit, I think there are some better choices than others, but if you can keep it simple, simple and find things you like, change it up with spices or whatever. Um, and, and here's the thing too, Kendra, like, you know, you talk about, there's no secret list. The one thing that I want to not really push back on, but I want to remind people of is, so if you have like an insulin resistance situation, PCOS, Hashimoto's, celiac disease, well, guess what? You do have a secret list. There are foods. Okay, that's fair. Right? You yeah. well, and, but this it's not a secret to anybody but you, what I mean, right? Like, and I'm and you're exactly right. Like, there's no special way to hit food, hit your numbers, 
But if you have a condition that you know requires you to eat differently, well, then you do have a certain list. You of should be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if you're not, you're only causing problems for yourself. Right. right. right? I, I don't know how many people that I have that when they travel, they're like, oh, well, you know, I just, I thought I'd step out of bounds a little bit, you know, have some of this, have some of that. Like you're, you're doing it to yourself. You know, like this is self-sabotage. You know, you, you desire the taste of that food more than you do progress in some right. cases, you know? Somebody did ask, uh, if you were to miss out on one or not hit one of your macros, which one would it be? So this question, number one, I appreciate this question. This is the one that gets, it, it gets me thinking. Okay. I don't know if this is true, but I always have to ask if you are already planning to fail. Like you're already saying, okay, but if I can't hit them all, which is the best one for me to not hit? So I don't know if that's true. I'm just saying it's a pattern I see with sometimes when people want to know where I, where can I get away with certain things? Like we're already like wanting to figure that out. I would say so just keep that in mind. I don't know if that's true, but that sometimes that is a pattern I see as a coach. And so I'm not calling anybody out. I'm not using any names. I'm just saying like, that could be you saying, um, and a lot of people are afraid. I think it's either afraid of failure, afraid of success. So you want a little bit of wiggle room here. You got to hit protein. You got to hit calories. And then there isn't one. There isn't one that is better for you not to hit than another one. That is literally the answer. They're all important for different reasons. So I would have to know like where you're struggling and why. Are you afraid of carbohydrates? Do you still think they're bad for you? Are you somebody who's not willing to put a little bit more effort in so you're not jacking up your fats because you're used to keto and that's a pattern for you? Um, low, low, low carbohydrate is not better. I guarantee you, especially as a woman. So I think there's not one that's better to not hit, um, than others. And that, that, that is the answer. Like, I wouldn't say, yeah, it's, it's okay. If you don't hit fats, like we know there's a minimum amount of fats every day that you need to hit for hormone balance, brain function. Um, So for women, we say it's 40 grams, men is around 60 grams would be like the low end. From a carbohydrate perspective, you know, uh, low carbohydrates is not ideal if you're somebody who's looking for performance in the gym, even with a fat loss goal, because we need carbohydrates for muscle protein synthesis. It's part of the process. Is protein better not to hit? No, because the other thing about protein is protein is has so many functions in the body and it does not store like carbohydrates and fats. So you can't just like, like carbohydrates, you could load for a few days and get away for a few days with using stored carbohydrates, with using stored fat. Protein is not like that. Think of it as recycling every day. So you can't be like, oh, I hit it a couple days. Like for building muscle tissue and 
uh, maintaining muscle tissue, it's a daily requirement. It's not just some days, it's, it's daily. So they're all important. And they're usually set for a client for a very specific reason. Like it's very specific. Like Mary's might be up because she's running a half marathon. So don't come to me with 50 grams of carbohydrates one day because you just couldn't, whatever, like that's not going to help with performance, recovery, body composition, any of it. That's just an old habit. I mean, it happens every once in a while, but like, so they're all important and they're all necessary for the processes that, and, and for your specific goals. So I guess I, what I could say, fat is essential, protein is essential, carbohydrates are the only macronutrients that, that isn't essential because if you're in a state of ketosis, your body can make ketones for energy, but you don't want that. Like that's not an ideal state. That's not, a, that's not where we want to be. So carbohydrates would be the one that you could get away with, but there's no benefit to you to doing that. No, I, I think that's a great answer. I don't really have a lot to add, honestly. I just think that it's important to remember that there's very few times where, and, and I think your comment about preparing, being prepared to fail is spot on. Like there are- I don't know. So I this, no, no, I don't I, no, want to no, ever just, discourage anybody from asking a question, but yeah. I have to just throw it out there. And somebody can tell me, pound sand, you're wrong. Like I'm open to being wrong, but it's just a good thing to ask yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, and but the thing and the thing is though it's like I, I think this is a really common thing though right because when people are traveling especially if they're new to this they don't have a very wide knowledge a depth or a breadth to like macro choices out there I mean Google can help you know most of us carry a phone like hey if you're if you're like because I, I again I'm sure you coach the same way as me but let's just say you tried really hard you know you planned ahead. You spent all day in an airport. You got to your hotel late at night and you're like 20 carbs short, right? You did everything you were supposed to do, but something wasn't available that you packed. You thought you packed it. It wasn't in your bag. Now you're like 20 carbs short. So this is where, you know, my people will say to me sometimes mm. like, like, what am I supposed to do right now with these 20 carbs? I'm like, well, you know, money can fix this problem. What do you mean? Well, if you're in a hotel, can you walk down to the little pantry and see if they have some honey nut Cheerios? Can you see if they got some Cheerios? Like, I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell people every time to close out those macros. Like, don't be afraid to like get outside normal foods, find a way to hit that number. Because like you said, I believe it's important. I don't want you going to bed without eating that food. How do you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, I also think that comes down to like the client, knowing the client and the rapport you have and the history, like, I do think closing it out is probably a really good strategy just to make the effort for you. It actually builds confidence. People start to understand, oh, like it's important for me to be fed. Like yeah. as, a, as a person who's active, who wants to build muscle, like fueling myself is important. And yeah, maybe I'll grab an apple quickly and fill in those sure. gaps. And that that is, you know, a, a lot of people are like, I feel like I'm force feeding myself. And that can happen when you have, when you get more protein, you may have a digestion issue though. We may, you know, something like greens, digestive enzymes can yeah. help, but like, it depends my, my people training for marathon. I need you to get that in. Cause now you got to wake up the next day and run. And, mm -hmm. you know, we can, we can, 
you know, we have fat stores uh, sure. for these things too, but I think it's just a good practice and it will help you plan a little bit better the next day. It just I, helps I you. I, yeah. No, no, I, I think you're right. And I, I think this is actually a good way to, to segue to a different topic, but similar, right? A lot of people, when they travel, I, I get the question a lot, Kendra, of like, hey, Kenny, I've I know that typically when I'm at home, you know, I, I work out, I lift weights and I get some, I get a walk or some movement in, but we're at Disney this week, right? So I don't have a lot of time in the morning. What should I do? Well, look, whatever your situation is, if you're asking me what you should do if you have limited time to work out every day, I would want you working out in the hotel gym, lobby, whatever, lobby, hotel gym, Planet Fitness, whatever's close by. I want you doing resistance training, right? Especially if you're somewhere like Disney. And again, like if your goal is body composition, recomposition, if you have a cardio goal, then obviously you probably got to do some cardio. But if you're telling me you're just trying to do body recomp, lose some weight, you have the ability to get a lift in every day. I would love to see you doing that and prioritizing resistance training over cardio. Yeah. You know, especially like if you're at Disney and that's your scenario, I know you're going to send me a text later that night telling me you got 35,000 steps. So if you did that, then was it really important to get a run in in the morning too? No, it wasn't. But these are things that people, old habits start to come out, right? They believe that cardio will get them further ahead. They believe that prioritizing that is the most important thing. When in fact, I really believe it's resistance training is what we should be doing every day if we have to pick between one or the other. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to travel, it is. Uh, so I think when, especially if somebody's only a couple of years into their journey or less staying, keeping the habits, it doesn't have to be like a crazy workout, but, you know, grab a workout that you're familiar with, do a few rounds, you know, that, that will help you keep this habit going. It's really hard when people get back after weeks and I think, I don't know, I think to some extent we get tired of hearing ourselves say the same thing too. Oh, I was traveling. Like, cause it's, if you don't make it a priority when you travel, it just becomes, you know, now you've got, you've got like for the whole year, you've got like a total of two months where you did nothing, which isn't really ideal. Like it's hard to make progress that way. Never mind, just make the lifestyle stick so that we say in our group, um, I, I take my healthy habits with me. Like we don't, we don't, yeah. it's a, it's a mantra. I take my healthy habits with me. This is supplementation. This is protein because I'm not just a person that does that when it's convenient at home. I'm a person that does that when I travel, this is my lifestyle. This is part of me. I don't like, it's not only when it's convenient, it's, it's who I am now. And you kind of have to identify yourself as that person um to be able to do it you know yeah and again i i think that a lot of this starts on the front end right like all those things you just talked about are exactly right and i think when people are thinking about like if they're spending a lot of time on the road or significantly traveling like the number one thing you can do for yourself is set yourself up for success you know yeah. Like when you start thinking about where you're traveling to, like, you know, typically you have an opportunity to choose a hotel, you know, 
Did you do any research? Do they have a gym? Is it active? You know, is there a Walmart or uh, some kind of super grocery store nearby that you can get in and get a few things? Does your room have a refrigerator? You know, do you have access to water? Should you get a case of water on your way to your hotel room just in case? I, like there's so many things that we could go down the rabbit hole, but really it comes down to preparedness and planning and taking it as serious as anything else you would like in life. Like, you know, Again, I say money can fix things, but, you know, I've had this conversation, you know, here you are, you're working your ass off six days a week, you're doing everything you can, you're lifting, you're doing your cardio, you're hitting your macros, you're focusing on sleep, you're drinking your water, and then you travel, and you're like, Kenny, you know, I, I just like, this hotel I'm staying in doesn't have a refrigerator, like, the question isn't, okay, well, how are we going to adjust, the question is why, like, you know, were you trying to save 20 bucks, you know, by not, you know, getting a different hotel, a different location. And I know that money can be tight, but if you're working that hard and you have the money to spend on maybe a different type of room, a room with a refrigerator, like to me, it's always been worth spending that little bit of extra money so that I can have the opportunity to be more successful. Because I know that if I have like a full-size refrigerator, like a home two suites or, if I have the ability to cook for myself, they have like a kitchen, like I'm going to be more successful than if I'm in a room with a mini fridge, right? And no microwave, like it's going to be much, much harder on me. But if I would spend just a couple extra dollars, I can probably have exactly what I need. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like when I travel, I'm going to probably make a stop at a grocery store and sure. work like, is the food quality going to be the same? No, but I'll get some deli meat. Um, I'll get some wraps. The other thing I've done a lot is, uh, you know, instant cart and they'll bring it right to your hotel room, Mark. do a quick little grocery shop, bring it. I know that can be expensive, but it's also really expensive to go out to eat. And it's really expensive, uh, you know, to, uh, well, I guess to go out to eat. So like for me, a quick instant cart with some things that I need is super, super helpful. And I think it is fair to say that even for me, Kendra, I mean, like, it's really hard when you're traveling to continue to eat quality foods. It yeah, is tough. Definitely. It becomes a lot harder. Hands down. It becomes harder. No, nobody so, can take that away from you. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I don't even try necessarily anymore. Like I will right. always try to make the best choice possible, but like you, I've kind of resigned myself to, well, there's going to be a little more bread. There's going to be a little more processed meat. Um, it's just going to be part of the deal, right? You know, I'm going to be living out of a hotel. I have to make some exceptions, um, but I'm willing to make those, right? I'm going to do the best that I can. Yeah. And I mean, traveling to games on weekends, that's actually the easiest because you bring a cooler, you pack your food. I just think, I just think people have to remember, like the food is going to be weird. Like it's not going to necessarily, you know, you may have more tuna packs on rice cakes than you want, but bring some fruit, have your, you know, microfactor, whatever multi-pack vitamin pack you have drink your water. Like it's, 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 th those are the easiest, like traveling for games, like when that is no problem. And then you can also, I still pre-track my food. If I have a fat loss goal, of course, preparing for like dinner that night, maybe we are going to go out. Maybe I will have a slice of pizza, but you better be damn sure if I have a fat loss goal, it's going in there 
before I head out for the day and blow it all. Because for me, probably like a lot of people, once I start to blow it, I kind of get the efforts and I'm like, ah, to hell with it, you know? And I don't, you know, they're not as bad as they used to be, but uh, there's nobody that will tell you that setting your intention and having a plan, whether you're driving for a week, whether you're flying to Disney, whether you're in a hotel, in an Airbnb, your intention is the best thing you can do for yourself. Say to your, what what am I doing today? Especially with a fat loss goal, because you'll learn and it won't be as bad as you think it. And you won't miss out on foods that made you feel like shit anyway. It's just, it's a rewarding thing, but you got to get the reps in. No, it can be so exhausting. You know, it really can. Like when that becomes your priority, you start to do things that you never really considered doing before, you know, like if you are traveling and you are, and listen in the army, you know, I would spend 12, 15 days traveling from like the West coast to the East coast in a car full of kids, dogs, and like still hit macros every single day because we were willing to fill up the cooler with ice, keep some yogurt in the cooler, you know, make some sandwiches before like, and nobody's doing this for us. So like, we're waking up before the kids. We're hustling to get our shit together, right? We're packing it. We're preparing it. It's all ready to go. But ultimately, we always felt better at the end of the day. We felt so accomplished because we did it in a really hard situation. And then, oh, by the way, when you learn to master traveling, everything else gets easier. You know, I, so, you know, I go to Bengals games. I have season tickets. I, I'm at seven or eight games a year. And I feel like it's every day you're there. It feels I don't like know it. what I, it is, but it feels I, like you're there all the time. I want to be there a lot. I mean, it's it's a great environment, but here's yeah. the thing. So I'm from Cincinnati. Cincinnati, we have Cincinnati chili. I'm sure some people listening know what that is, but it's something that from my childhood, it's one of those things that like a lot of people are listening. We all have those foods that kind of take us back home, you know, and they're usually comfort foods. They're not great for us. But whenever I go to the Bengals games, one of the things I like to add into the add into the app and put in my nutrition is two cheese conies. Now, for those people who don't know what a cheese coney is, it's a hot dog bun with a really low quality hot dog with chili, cheese, onions, mustard. It's delicious. But for two of them, it's about 20 grams of protein, right? It's probably like 70 carbs and like 30 grams of fat. It's a total disaster of a meal but i know that i'm going to want to eat those okay so i put those into the app ahead of time and then i build the rest of my day around that event to make sure like you just said i don't blow it because like like you kendra if i get to a spot where i'm i let my guard down a little bit and i say f it it's not just that meal i'm not getting back on track that day there's no maybe about it like it's over, like it's over. I'm just yeah. going to start again tomorrow. Yeah. Right. If I'm lucky. Yeah. If I'm Agreed. lucky, if you're lucky, that's a really good. So that, and the other thing is like, this isn't, you're not doing this every day. This is some days and this is sometimes, right. and that is important to create this as a lifestyle. If you think you could never have those again. Yeah. Nobody would do this and you would quit. So it is important to weave in those things that, that like, you just like, you really want to have, um, some of the time, like it's okay to do that. And it's delayed gratification at some point. Right. So 
remember, like, I love the foods I eat right now, but I can't eat all the foods I want to eat and eat that meal. So I've got to make some sacrifices. If I want to have those cheese conies, which is perfectly acceptable, like, yeah, I can do that. But that means that if I'm getting 33 grams of fat in one meal, 70 carbs in one meal, well, I'm probably going to have to have a couple salads with ground beef or something throughout the yeah. day. That's going to be just a really lean protein source, really low carb, but high volume because those cheese conies are really small. Like even for all the calories they are, like I'm not going to get a lot of food. So now I've got to figure out, I got to reverse engineer the rest of my day. Like, how am I going to get this volume in to keep me feeling full so that once I have those cheese conies, I don't blow it because I'm, you know, I know that an hour after I eat those things, I'm going to be hungry again. So I have to set myself up for success, right? eat some things I normally wouldn't eat leading up to that event and make sure I leave myself some things after, you know, I, if you don't do that, you're just setting yourself up right. for failure. In my they, opinion. they do add up too. like, I think the way to connect to is just like, I am a, I am a healthy fit person that indulges sometimes. And yes. you have to say these things to yourself while you're learning, but you can indulge all the time. Like they, <clears throat> it catches up with you, it won't catch up with you right away, but it, it does catch up with you. And I think you, I, I had a meal the other day that I, I put in the app that was, um, I can't even remember what it was. Maybe it was my burger bowl. And I, that day I happened to want like all the things on it, like like ground beef, cheese, and and there were very few co carbohydrates, not because I don't eat carbohydrates, but because that's what the meal was. And I was, that meal was a high cost. It wasn't the cheese things, but it was like, it was a high cost. But so yeah, I had to build my day around that too. I didn't have much fat left, but I just say to myself, like, these are my priorities, but I, I wanted that meal. So um, it's just really easy to overeat, man. If you don't, if you're not accountable to it and you're not accounting, especially when you're eating out, right? Because those little cheese things and a couple of beers and like maybe a pretzel later, but for most people, they've kind of already eaten all their food for the day. And then they add that on and it doesn't feel like that much, but it's right. just, it's just packed wow. with fat and calories and do that week after week after week, every few days. And you're just, you just, you know, it's not going to feel like that much, but the cost is high. A couple of things I would say, based on what you just said, number one, Let's talk about the alcohol just a little bit. Like, yeah, go to one of those games. And, and again, I'm not throwing shade on anyone who drinks. If that's what you want to do, I'm, I'm not here to tear you down. But I am here to tell you from my personal experience that once you have a couple beers, you know, especially if you don't drink much, you get that little happy buzz, right? Things are going great. You're high-fiving each other in the stands. The team's winning. It just becomes really, really easy to let your foot off the gas and make some decisions and set yourself back a whole week. Yeah. And, and to that point, like even for me, when I'm on weeks where I go to the football games uh, uh, and you may feel differently about this, but anytime I'm eating like low quality, really crappy foods, I have the realization in my mind that I'm not eating foods that are going to help me make progress. Yeah. Right. Like, like I might be able to not go backwards and maintain, which is important for me, 
because I can still indulge and not necessarily, you know, send myself backwards, which is important in my mindset. However, when I eat like really low quality, crappy food a couple of days a week, I don't step on the scale and expect to make progress, right? Like that's a realization that I have in my life. Like, I think it can be difficult if you do everything right and you, you track your food and you hit your macros every day, but you're eating low quality food that might cause you to retain some water, you know, make the scale go up, make you a little bloated. So, you know, you don't look great in your pictures. The scale's not responding because you're eating some, you know, high sodium, low quality foods. Like it might be progress in your life, but I don't expect to see progress on the scale for me personally. Right. Right. So you're, you're saying good job, better than it was. Right. right? Like, but still maybe not seeing progress and that's okay. Like there's going to be a cost to those decisions. Right. You know, it's just, it's just, it's really hard to accept sometimes how refined you have to get inside of a fat loss goal. You know, it's just, it's like, there's not a lot of wiggle room, especially since, you know, Kenny and I don't have you at a thousand calorie deficit. There's really not a lot of wiggle room. So it's not going to take much for you to bump yourself up to maintenance or over on any given day. Um, Yeah. I want to tell a story about my beautiful wife, Sandy, real quick. And again, like I've told this story before, so it's not a, it's not a new story by any means, but it's, it's a little bit embarrassing for her. Um, But it's a reality. Like I've been there myself. Um, no one's just told stories about it. <laughs> so On when a Sandy, podcast with thousands yeah. of people, <laughs> well, it's okay. Like it's, it's, yeah, a, it's Sandy's, yeah Sandy would tell the story too. I yeah, it's it. worth yeah. telling. It's, yeah. it's important. Like, because I know you have people that don't realize they're doing this, but they are ruining their progress accidentally. Well, snacks accidentally we'll say, okay. So um, yeah. Wait, is this about peanut butter? It is. Did I tell it on here? No, but. It is. So, so Sandy was in contest prep one time and her coach had her down at like 1400 calories a day or something. Right. Which, you know, it's going to get a lot lower <laughs> just so you know, before it gets better, yeah. but had her down to about 1400 calories, which was tough for her. Um, but so Sandy was doing a great job. She's very diligent. She was hitting her macros every day, but she was waking up at night and like heading downstairs to the pantry and eating, you know, a tablespoon or two of peanut butter. So, and here's the visualization. Like when you look down at a spoon, let's just say you actually measured a tablespoon, probably not the case, but let's just say you did. All right. You're in the middle of the night. You're like, I'm going to have one tablespoon of peanut butter because I'm so disciplined that I'm cheating on my plan, but we're going to measure this. Like I've done that too, by the way, Sandy on prep. So, so because you're starving by the way. Yes, you're very hungry. And, but here's the thing you're at 1400 calories a day, right? So let's just say you're at a, a 10% calorie deficit or so, right? What you need to be doing to lose weight at that time. So we're talking about 140 calories a day deficit. Okay. Two tablespoons of peanut butter is like 180 calories. So what she was doing every night by going to the pantry and having two tablespoons of peanut butter during prep was eating herself out of that calorie deficit. Even though it was only two itty bitty spoonfuls of peanut butter, it was 
taking away any opportunity she had at making progress just by making one small decision. And to your point, like the margins are small, mm-hmm. like especially when you're working with me and Kendra, we're not starving you to death. We're keeping your calorie deficit as minimal as possible for you to get progress because we want you to feel full. We want you to feel satiated. We want you to be eating because we know that if we can keep your calories higher for longer and make progress the right way, you're more likely to stay on plan for a long time, to stay in a fat loss scenario for a long time, and you're more likely to develop good habits along the way. So it's important that you're executing the plan precisely if you can. Agreed. I mean, that is, I think it's a really good way to think about it, especially if you, so when you pre-track your food and you must, when you're in a caloric deficit and have a body fat loss goal, um, sticking to that plan could also be very nourishing. It could be a very good feeling that like, wow, today is another day. Like I'm, I just took a step ahead. Like I'm just, I'm just chipping away at this. So whether you travel um, or you're at home, you you can achieve your goals either way. It's just about what you're willing to do to to make that a priority. Um, Nora is saying when she travels to a resort, she does what she does is she works out first thing, which just sets her day in motion. Like it's just, she just, it's kind of like make your bed first, right? Like achieve something first and just say, like, I know I'll feel better. Like it may not be the best workout. You may not have all the equipment you like, but for her, it's about keeping her pattern. I, you know, keeping her identity, which is, I am a woman who travels with my healthy habits. Like, and, and that is key. Now, one other topic before we go about this kind of I guess we've turned, we've talked about macros. We've talked about a lot of things, but traveling. So traveling to someone's home for a meal. Um, somebody is saying this is, this is probably one of those cases where you, you just, you cannot control that, but there is never a scenario where you can't set your intention and hit pause before you walk into it. So I know I'm heading out over to my friend's house for dinner tonight, depending on the friend, maybe I ask what they're cooking. My mother always said that's super rude, like never ask what's for dinner. Um, Just show up and ask what you can bring and be, be a gracious guest. And um, so, but like, let's say it's the case where you get to bring something bring a vegetable plate that you enjoy, that you might, depending on where you are in your journey, that you might gravitate towards. And then if you know what they're having, do the same thing, put in some meal that is, I would probably be super like conservative with that. I guess it would be conservative, like put in 800 calories, a thousand calories, because it's very likely that they it's going to be something that is, you know, maybe harder for you to track in your mind may feel a little more complicated, but if you have the calories for the day and you have a fat loss goal, you're going to want to prioritize calories. If you can't control somebody serve protein, but you know, so you can, you can really work on portions. I always say that, like, if you can't control what somebody serves you, 
you can control how much of it you consume. And I think that happens with us too. Like even when we go out to first form, some of the food they serve us at those banquets is like freaking high fat, high calorie, rich, covered in sauce and cheese. It's like, you guys think we go out to first form and get like fish and rice. No, we get like rich food. And even there I have to really be careful about how much I'm consuming because it's just super easy to do that. And the reason it's important to me isn't because it's because I know that tomorrow there's another opportunity to overeat. The next day, there's another opportunity to overeat the next day there. And if I always take every opportunity to say, ah, to hell with it today, they just keep kind of stacking up. So at some point you have to take control over how much you're consuming. If you can't control what it is and do I make the choice to have dessert cocktails? Those are things you can carve out. Um, I know it's going to feel like you're deprived at first, like it sucks, but there will come a time when what seems impossible is like nothing. It's no big deal at all. Yeah, and, and I because I, I think you did a good job of of describing like you know going to a friend's house for dinner. Like I really like the points you made there. Um, what would you add? Also, huh? What would you add? Nothing. I think I think you kind of summed it up there at the end. But like I think the one place that you know I, I would and again I don't know how your mom would feel about this, but you know where I, I understand you know you want to be gracious to the host, and sometimes you're not going to find out what's for dinner. You're not going to ask. That's fine, but I think it's also okay to draw the line at some spots, right? Like, hey, they made dinner. They took time to prepare this. You agreed to come. Don't be an asshole and show up with your Tupperware, you know, like you're on a bodybuilding prep, right? But go ahead and eat what they have, but it's okay to draw the line when they say, hey, would you like a glass of wine? Like, there's certain things you don't have to agree to. A million percent. You don't have to be the gracious guest you know, you can say no to some things, right? Yes. It would be totally rude, I think, to say no to eating what they prepared. But, you know, you don't have to fall in line with the three glasses of wine to catch up. You know, they're still your friend. You can still chat without those things, right? Right. Yeah, my uh, yeah, my mother always says that too. You know, like you can say, you can say no. I mean, it, and again, it totally depends on the, like there aren't many people like my, if my neighbor has me over from across the street, she's like, I'd love to have you for dinner. And I've never met her. I've never been to her home. Like I'm not asking her what she's serving. You know what I mean? I, and I think people have to understand like, this is real life, but that's, that doesn't happen to me every three days or every two days. And if it did, I would probably have to set some boundaries around how many times I'm going out if I can't seem to control my intake and I have a fat loss goal. Like maybe I only get to go out once a week because, you know, I struggle with that. And maybe until I get better at it, I that's what I have to do. So I think like it totally depends on where you are in your journey. Now, like my best childhood friends, they know they're not going to feed me shit. Like don't, don't, don't invite me over and have me show up to like, you know, a huge pile of like macaroni and cheese. Like I will go drive to the store and get protein, you know, and, but they know that it's funny. It's fine. And they know it too, you know, they, and they know they should be doing that too. So they'll be like, we're having dinner. We have protein for you. We have protein for you, you know, so you could also get yourself a reputation and 
there, there is one more thing I think I should talk about. Okay, we one more thing. We have, we have like four thing. minutes. Okay, so a lot of people here travel for business or go to like business parties, okay? Listen, just because you're at some conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and just because your company has paid for this huge spread of carbs and fats, I mean food, <laughs> doesn't mean you have to go through the line to eat it just because it's free. Like no one, I mm. promise you, no one's keeping track of that for you. It's okay to spend money out of your own pocket, eat before you go to those events, have your snack with you and stay away from the carb and the fat trap. Like I, so many people get caught up in this. Like, well, Kenny, they only had X, Y, and Z. I'm like, well, you had to be there at nine o'clock in the morning. So like, what did you eat for breakfast? You know, before that was presented to you, like you can still make the right choices and take some options with you and ignore that whole free uh, line of food that you don't have to eat. Yeah. I mean, man, I, in my, I traveled in my job, you know, overseas conferences, you can do it. It's possible. It's just yeah. about, it's about intention. There's always going to be protein there, even if it's smothered in like some white sauce, do, do your best. Who cares what anybody thinks about what you're putting on your plate? It doesn't matter. Some of the stuff I would just avoid because people do get sometimes work conferences. If it's drink heavy, people get super obnoxious about like, what are you eating? Why are you, you know, just, oh, you're, but like, you know, I think you, I think the key here is if you track it, ignorance is not bliss. So um, the other travel hack I have is, and this, this could even be going to dinner to a neighbor's is I'll usually get a couple of scoops of formula one, shake that thing up and just suck it down before I go. So you will mm -hmm. not find me going to a buffet starving unless it's by accident that can happen at first form too. Cause we're busy, we're out, we're running, you know, and you're just kind of like of all the places that can happen. It's, it's our, the health and fitness. But I think like though that little hack for me is so huge, like me hungry and craving things and not having had enough food, I'm going to do the same things everyone else is going to do. So throw that, you know, fill that belly with some protein can really help if you, you know, having that fat loss goal. Can I ask you one more question? Yeah. Do you have a goal you're working on right now? I do. Can we have, can we have it or is it, or is well, it? Well, I have my strongman competition, November 11th. Yeah. Yeah. You look like a beast, bro. I know it's one, it will be one year exactly from my bodybuilding competition, which is so cool because it's like such a different so this morning I went into the lab at USF. I met my friend, Wayne. He did all body composition. We did resting metabolic rate. We were, you know, geeked out. Um, so we measured everything and we're going to do midpoint of training. And at the end of the competition to see if, cause I've completely now changed my strength training style and strategy, low volume, heavy as shit testing weekly and then like three days of conditioning. Um, so uh, we're keeping macros the same, like at a maintenance level. And then like, even, even week one, I was at 225 deadlift yesterday, 255 deadlift, just getting under, like just getting under pulling heavier things. Like there's a, you, 
you can't be afraid to pull or push heavy because that that is a fear like oh, I'm going to hurt something it's like you just have to you just have to I mean you can't be a fool but these are you know moving odd objects is a whole thing and it's so much fun yeah yeah um so I'll I'll come out with all those things but let listen to this listen to this I hope this resonates with people. I did my resting metabolic rate. You saw me like five or four weeks out from my bodybuilding competition, right? Like I was mm -hmm. pretty lean. Mm -hmm. That same weekend, the time we worked out with Dr. Kirksick, I did my, uh, I did my uh, RMR, so resting metabolic rate and DEXA and all that. My RMR was, I was at 1400 calories. Just that was my resting metabolic rate. I was, I had probably lost quite a bit of lean mass. I was super lean weight. I was probably 12 pounds, 15 pounds lighter than I am now. So 1400 calories at rest today. I went in, I'm almost 1900 calories at rest for my RMR. So what that should tell people is that obviously I have a higher body weight but I also have much more muscle mass and um, not a ton more body fat, but like more, probably like 5% more. So but I would argue maybe only 5% more, but needed. Needed essential body fat. Like, essential. so I'm not trying to get leaner right now. So what right. we're interested. So first of all, what that means is that you think about the diet, right? If your RMR is 1400 calories and you add exercise, you couldn't diet at 1500 calories really effectively. So like my calories through bodybuilding were so low because, but your body adapts. So that RMR is that's, that's low today yeah. was now more muscle, uh, more body weight, more essential body fat. And I can eat almost 500 calories more and still not gain body fat. And now I have a performance goal. So it's going to be really fun to see. I think what we're looking for and expecting is, is a similar weight eating at a maintenance calories with improved body composition and strength over a nine week training period. And what would be exciting about that would be saying, hey, a woman in menopause who's already fit can build muscle, get fitter through a change in training style and stimulus over a nine week period. That would be like our hypothesis, which would be kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. I think, I mean, just based on how you laid it out, I mean, I, I don't see how it can't work, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to crush it. Yeah, well, it'll be it'll be really fun. I mean, I'm, you know, the weight class is one, 180 and under. So I'm 141 today. I'll be with women that are like 179 and, you know, which is a bit different. And and mass they probably moves look mass. amazing though. They What's probably that? look amazing at 179 though. If I had well, a, I, I, I don't know. Have you seen strong that that's a, one of the some, problems? Some. Yeah, no, true. Like Hannah Jones, let's just say. We can't leave a podcast episode without talking about her. You can't. I mean, you gotta stop hanging around her. You're gonna change. 
you're going to be better. I don't know if I'm, I'm I will be better. better. I don't know I if will, I'm willing to accept. I am. Like, I want to keep you at my don't level, tell like down here with the people, the people. <laughs> Kendra's up here. Yeah. All right. Well, that was, that was awesome. I think we got most of the things. I think we did a little side talk here too, about, uh, you know, macros in general, which we, yeah. we haven't really talked about that a lot. So oh, hopefully and, this will be a good travel, one. When you travel, drink a lot of water. It helps. Yeah, it does help. That's true. And travel with supplementation. That's the other thing I think. Bingo. Yeah. Every day, those habits, man, just knowing, I'm telling you, it changes the way you see your day, you know, changes the trajectory. So we will take, if you guys don't mind sharing the show, follow coach Kenny, um, five-star review is always just absolutely awesome. And by the way, I did another episode. It's much shorter on travel tips. It was just me. So that might supplement really well with what we did. It was kind of like, you know, I don't know, like five things. So it kind of sums up what we're talking about here today. If you didn't get enough <laughs> from this one, but always a pleasure. Absolutely. Ciao for now, bro. See ya.